Wow. Wednesday had no shortage of dramatic home runs, and a few of them may have some long-reaching ramifications. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who's been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now. It's my fifth season here at Lockdown MLB. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Boom. Got all that out of the way. My gosh, it was like a a tidal wave of dramatic games that were going on. In fact, the three-run home run meant so much to both New York teams who had significant games going on. And it's worth breaking down the first one. Where were you and what were you doing during the Pete Alonso game? Because that's what this basically was. The Mets had a tremendous performance by Senga, their starting pitcher, against Tampa Bay. We all know Tampa Bay is off to a historically crazy season. But, you know, the Mets played them well, and then they, you know, the, the Mets took, uh, the Rays, I'm sorry, took a 2 nothing lead, and then the Mets came, you know, the Mets came back. You know, by the way, Paredes hit a ground rule double. He's been unbelievable for the Rays. But then Mark Vientos, is that how you pronounce his name? He's brand new. Forgive me for stubbing my toe in his name. It's the first time I've ever said it out loud. He hit a game-tying home run, one of the rookies. But then Brandon Lau. Is it low or Lau? Make up your mind, Rays. He hit a home run. Randy Orozarena was on, and it just looked like, oh, boy. Orozarena knocked in another run. It was 5-2 going to the bottom of the nights, and it looked like it was going to be the – you know, you could hear for – you know, Ryan Finkelstein and Lockdown Mets, like, and all my Met fan friends, you just hear it sinking. And I was getting ready what I was going to say about the game. And then Francisco Alvarez hits the three-run home run to tie the game in the bottom of the ninth. And, the you know, the Rays tack, you know, Rays score a couple runs in the top. And then with one out and two on, you just got to sense something was going to happen. And Pete Alonso hits that massive three-run home run. Now, the Rays have only lost 12 games this year. Three of them have been brutal late-inning meltdowns. The They had the game, or they had the, one wasn't a late-inning meltdown. They were, what, 5 nothing, 6-1, to one, I think, against the Yankees, and then Judge hit the two home runs, and they wound up winning the game by one run. There was the game against the Chicago White Sox where the White Sox scored seven runs in the bottom of the ninth. It seemed like it was all with two outs. And then there was tonight. So it's funny with um, a, they're 20 games above 500 and they very easily could be 23 games above 500. It was a, uh, it was a kind of a loss that the Rays could absorb, but it was certainly the kind of a win that the Mets desperately need to have. There's so much left in the season, and every National League team should be chanting the mantra of 
The Phillies had a losing record at this point. The Braves had a losing record at this point. The Nationals had a losing record at this point. The last three National League pennant winners for complete seasons were not good teams at this point. And you're hoping, just hoping, that the team could have a turnaround if you're a Mets fan. Because, you know, as we stated with Miller Thomas the other day, this is not a situation where they have to start spending money. They have the biggest payroll in baseball, and they brought in all sorts of stars. Things just have to come together. And maybe, just maybe, this is the kind of game where things can start to click and the Mets, we can look back and say, wow, that's when it really started doing well. Or it could be the exact opposite and the Mets go on and they wound up you know, not playing well and this is just a, a minor blip in the year. We're going to find out tomorrow because the Mets play a day game and we're going to see if there's, you know, there's, you know, momentum is the next day's pitcher, but we're going to see if any of this positivity spills over tomorrow afternoon in Queens. By the way, the other New York team played a key game with uh, Domingo Herman suspended and Carlos Rodon injured. And, you know, there's a couple of holes in the Yankees uh, starting rotation right now, and they cannot afford to lose any games started by Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is their ace. Garrett Cole has been very, very good this year. Um, you know, his ERA, including, you know, jumping ahead, including tonight's game against Toronto, his ERA is 2.01. He strikes out a lot of batters. He pitches very well. And he threw six shutout innings. And the Yankees offense recently has been able to score at will. However, despite Judge getting on base three times, no one could drive him in. And Bassett pitched seven shutout innings to match it, you know, inning for inning. And then, lo and behold, you get um, in the, they go to the bottom of the uh, tenth inning, and Danny Jansen hits a three-run walk-off home run to win the game. Now, again. This is a big. This is a bigger win for the Blue Jays than it is a loss for the Yankees. It stinks if you're a Yankee fan to see a, such a wonderful performance by Cole wasted, especially when their offense looks like it was firing in all cylinders. But this is a very good game, a very big win for the Toronto Blue Jays, who are trying to dust themselves off and to show that some of their recent success, including their sweep against the Atlanta Braves, they were for real. Now, with that victory, the Blue Jays have moved ahead of the Yankees. There's the, you know, the All five teams in the American League East have winning records at this point. The Red Sox won again uh, in, uh, in big, big offensive fashion. Uh, but it was the, the Jays were able to take a game where Cole was shutting them down and still find a way to come out victorious. And when you have a team that has images of winning a division title dancing in their head, this is the sort of victory that's big. Now we're going to see what happens with the Yankees because as I said, the Cole starts are critical. The Cole starts are absolutely critical. He's a real ace. He's a true ace. Sorry, I had a little issue there with my microphone. He's a true ace at this point. And he pitches like one. You got the three-run home run by Jansen, and it's sort of a little stub in the toe of the Yankees, who still won seven of the last three games. Now, tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening, 
Nestor Cortez takes the bump against Jose Barrios. And it's an interesting matchup because Cortez has not been very good. He's, he's had innings where he, he or games where he pitches well and he has that one bad inning. And then Barrios got off to a very good start and he's been stubbing his toe recently. These games are important because you don't have as many head-to-head matchups. And the Blue Jays are one of the teams who are taking aim on the Yankees as the defending uh, division champs. But also, in the few instances this year, it's only happened 12 times so far, where the Rays put one in the L column, it's important to try to gain any ground on there. And by the way, I'm going to bring up in the second segment a team that is surprisingly gaining ground and is hanging around as they won another game and are creeping closer to being at the top of the absolute hardest division in baseball. But right now, let's talk a little bit about, drum roll please, Oop, I, I lost the card, there it is, it's so rare, so rare is a First of all, it's our brand new sponsor, and it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So Rare recently partnered with Major League Baseball All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez as brand ambassadors. Both are featured in So Rare's current brand campaign and will engage with the So Rare community throughout the season at Major League Baseball events. MLB Game Weeks happen twice weekly and a three- to four-day cycle. At the end of Game Weeks, so rare major league managers who rank near at the top of their leaderboards will win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences such as meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash lockdown. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Not sure if you noticed this. In today's game, yeah, or the game played on Wednesday, I'm pulling back the curtain, recording this on Wednesday. I'm either going to drop this late Wednesday night or early Wednesday morning. Can't quite figure it out. Either way, Baltimore played the Angels. Remember the Angels? And uh, Austin Hayes hit a home run. Mike Trout broke out of his home run drought. He now has nine home runs. Good to see him back on there. But uh, Bradish pitched well, and the Orioles won that game 3-1. to one. Bautista closed the door. Now, the Orioles have been kind of quiet because the Rays got off the great start. Yankees and Red Sox always get this attention. And the Orioles haven't been stampeding their way up the standings. But they're playing 651 ball right now. How many teams right now are playing above 600 ball? Tampa Bay is playing over 700 ball. 
Then you have the Texas Rangers. We'll get back to them in just a second. The Atlanta Braves and the Dodgers and the Orioles. And despite this incredible start that Tampa Bay has, remember, they're 20 games above 500, and it's only mid-May. The Orioles are only three games back in the loss column. In other words, while it's too early to really be looking at standings, the Rays, with a spectacular start, haven't shaken the Orioles. It's not like the Rays have put an insurmountable number of games and have run off with it. I look at the Atlanta Braves, who won tonight, and Ronald Acuna Jr. had another great game, and quite frankly, he's putting together a compelling case to win the National League MVP. By the way, he's playing for the first quarter of the season. The Braves have put together a five-game lead over Miami. Jorge Soler homered again today for the uh, former Brave, hit another home run for the Miami Marlins, and he seems to be able to hit home runs at will these days. But the Braves, with their five-game lead, that seems the you know the teams that are following them. That's a lot of games to make up. The Braves will have to come tumbling back to earth, and those other teams have to go on a great win streak. But at some point, the Rays are going to come tumbling back to earth. No one plays a season at a 727 clip, especially one that's going to have a bunch of injuries like they've had to their pitching staff. I'm not saying the Rays aren't going to win the division. I'm not saying they may, they, they may very well be a 100-win team. They're already at 32 wins, for God's sakes. We're not even in late May. But despite all this greatness, and despite the Orioles having the bizarre fruitless offseason that they had it wouldn't take much for the Rays to go on a slight losing streak and the Orioles to go on a bender to make up three games in the lost column in other words if you are the Baltimore Orioles you kind of sort of have to take a good long look when you get to the first checkpoint first checkpoints in about 11 days that's Memorial Day Memorial Day, I believe, is the first time a team should really take a good long look at the club and say, what are we? Now, if the Orioles go on a big losing streak, they might say, ah, we're kind of a fringe wildcard team. But if they go on a winning streak and then find themselves slowly chipping away at the Rays' big lead, well, then they have to take another extremely long look at the team and say, what are we going to do? Because then, after Memorial Day, you're in the middle section of the season. And you have to take a look at your team and say, where, what could we improve upon? And I believe any decent prospect you have on the team, you give a shot right now. Because if you can build something from within, without having to make a big trade, you go ahead and do it. Now, the Orioles are playing the super early game. It's 9.30 in the morning here in Los Angeles County. Anderson against Wells. Orioles are aiming to be a 30-win team. Right now, there is one 30-win team. That is the Tampa Bay Rays. A win tomorrow will bring the Orioles to 29. They're hovering there. They're hovering, trying to figure out who they are. Now, a team that's trying to figure out who they are is another first-place team, and that would be the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers lost on the uh, home run by, was it Arcia? We hit the home run for the, uh, um, I, I don't have all the, um, yeah, Orlando Arcia got the uh, bait, the go-ahead home run. And the Rangers lost 6-5 to five to Atlanta. 
The Rangers are still in first place, but to paraphrase Muhammad Ali in When We Were Kings, but the champ is here, and that would be the Houston Astros. I don't know if you saw the Astros versus the Cubs, but the Astros were down almost the entire game. And then they went on a wild, you know, they, the Cubs went to their pen, and then it just turned into a calamity. And the, the Astros rallied and finally won on a, a two-run bottom of the ninth, come from behind, walk-off single by Kyle Tucker. that scored the tying and the winning run. But in that final, it wasn't just that. It was, I mean, if you, if you look at what was happening in the game, the minute the Cubs dipped into the bullpen and the Astros scored two runs in the eighth to make a six to one game, six to three, you just knew something bad was going to happen. And the Astros picked away, picked away, picked away, scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth. They scored six runs in the eighth and ninth combined. That's an indictment on the Cubs bullpen. But what that also means is for all the issues that the Astros have had starting this season, the losing of some of the players, the big slumps that they've had, not being able to rely on this player or that. As of this recording, the Astros are only two games back in the loss column of the Texas Rangers. There's a reason why everyone picked the Astros to win. And there's a reason why I didn't pick the Rangers or the Angels to win. I would like to win one of, have one of those two teams win. As I mentioned, I'm not against the Rangers. I want to see Bruce Bochy go to the Hall of Fame. I want to see Mike Trout have a big moment in the postseason. But as I sit here, if the Astros couldn't be buried with all the things that went wrong the first you know, quarter of the season, and now it will take only a mild winning streak and a mild losing streak by Texas to suddenly put the Astros in first place. This is why they're the defending champs. Now, the Rangers are going to be playing the Rockies over the weekend. The Rockies have been weird. The Rockies have been winning games against teams they had no business winning. But here's the deal. The Astros are going to be home. The Astros are going to be playing the A's. Now, the A's have, you know, the A's won the walk-off game against the uh, Diamondbacks the other day, but they lost again on Wednesday. The A's are a minor league team. And the Astros are about to face them when they are chip-chipping away and putting a little pressure on the Rangers. We could very well get to that first checkpoint, which is Memorial Day, and having the Rangers and Angels look in the mirror and say, are we for real? I don't know. I'm not there yet. I have a couple other teams and a couple other big home runs, a couple other dramatic moments to bring up. But first and foremost, we get something really dramatic, and that is bird dogs. Let me tell you something. You want comfortable clothes. You want shorts. You want something that looks better. You want to look something that you feel good wearing and not just loafing around the house. You want to go outside. You want to go to the golf course. You want to go downtown. You want to go to the local coffee shop. You want to go to the ball game. No matter what you wear, you got to be having your bird dog shorts. And let me tell you something. You want to go out and have a barbecue with your friends as we get to summertime you need good shorts for that you don't want to have big dad cargo shorts you want to have something that feels great get yourself your bird dogs and if you want to go out 
if you want to stay in, if you want to see friends, if you want to just relax, Bird Dog has you covered at all points. And they're our new sponsor here at Locked On MLB. So go to birddogs.com slash Locked On MLB. And when you enter promo code Locked On MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. No matter where you are, if you want to have a cold drink, maybe you want to have a warm drink and in the morning, you sit back, you have your tumbler, and you have your bird dogs, and you feel really good. Let me tell you something. Bird dogs, they fit well, they feel well. They're bird dogs. Oops. (laughs) Wrong lower third. David Ross should be fired. I'm sorry. I mean, the Cubs lost another game with a bullpen that's mangled. I know he doesn't exactly have the 1998 New York Yankees bullpen right now, but holy Toledo, how many games do we have to see where the Cubs lose another game with a bullpen is this and the bullpen is that? At some point, you got to be able to push some right buttons, right? The Cubs are on a five-game losing streak. They've won. They've lost eight of their last 10 games in a winnable central Yes, the Cardinals have been playing much better recently. They've won eight of their last 10 games, and maybe they're maybe they are going to make a run it because no one else seems to want it. Brewers lost today. The Pirates finally won in a blowout game. You know, Rich Hill was fantastic against the Detroit Tigers, but you know, there's they're not running away with it. In a winnable division. The Cubs are sitting there, what, five games under 500? And how many of those games do you see Cub fans walking away going like, what was Ross doing? What was Ross doing? If the Cardinals have this horrible start that they have and look around and go like, um, if no one wants it, we'll take the division. What an indictment that would be on the rest of all the other teams in the NL Central. And we've seen enough with Ross. This is not a small sample size. Sometimes when you see hey, it's not working, and you could potentially win a division this year. Why not make the change? I've said this before, I've said it again. Ross's main job was to basically be a trusted manager to handle all the veterans, all the 2016 veterans on the team. Well, there's nobody left except David Ross at this point. Maybe turn the page, folks. Get Line up your shots. Bruce Bochy's lieutenants are available. Bring in Roberto Kelly. Bring in Hensley Mullins. Bring them on. How is it going to be worse than this? Um, I mentioned the Dodgers the other day who got off to a strange start. And now they've been on a roll. Outman has been one of the young players who has been producing well. And, you know, today was a, you know, a game where they, you know, they were going back and forth with the Minnesota Twins. And Outman winds up hitting a big grand slam, and they cruise. They cruise to the end. And suddenly, you know, a team that started the season, you know, uh, at basically as a 500 team, as of this recording, are the best team in the National League. And, oh, yeah, San Diego. We mentioned all these teams that got big, huge home runs. The Padres wasted a U Darvish performance. They couldn't get a single player across. Inning after inning, they had runners in scoring position, and they couldn't get anything going against Kansas City at home in front of a big crowd. 
you know, I did the thing where I talked positively about the Padres management. You know what they did? They put an interesting team in. And on a day game, uh, was it a Wednesday day game? There was a big house against KC in San Diego. And what did they do? Against Kansas City, they couldn't get anything going. The final score was the final score was what four to three. They weren't. This wasn't the 2015 Royals with their shutdown bullpen. And now, as of this recording, the Padres forget chasing the the Dodgers. They're eight games behind the Dodgers right now. They're behind Arizona with the Giants' victory over Philadelphia. And by the way, the Giants are on a three-game streak. The Padres have fallen to fourth, and they are only one, one game ahead of the Colorado Rockies, the team that I picked to be the worst team in baseball for this year. I picked the Padres to win the pennant. And now one game at this point separates the two. It's about three quarters of the season left to go. But the Padres have to start turning it around. And maybe, just maybe, they need that Pete Alonso moment. We'll see if the Pete Alonso moment, the three-run home run to win the game tonight, to send City Field into a frenzy, is a moment of long-term effect with the Mets. Padres need that game too. Padres need to win. Some of the teams, and this is the beauty of baseball, the good teams rise to the top, the flukes tend to sink to the bottom, and the really startling moments is when the, when those fluke teams wind up winning. We're going to see what happens with some of those teams at the top. And we're going to see what happens where those, I talked about how some of the great disappointments, the Cardinals, the Mets, the Padres, some of them are starting to show some life. And the Dodgers and the Astros are starting to show us, well, why they're just so good. So we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming weekend games for tomorrow's show. That's right. It's going to be a six-episode week. So follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can follow me. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Going over a wild night of baseball full of incredible drama. This has been Lockdown MLB for the... Well, whichever it was, the 17th or 18th day, whenever you're listening to it. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.